It's time for Bourbon with Friends, the bourbon podcast that never takes itself too seriously. Pull up a chair, grab a glass, and remember, a bourbon with friends can change the world. Here we go. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Bourbon with Friends. We are live. Uh, well, we're not live, but we're live, I guess, recording live. That's a better way, right, Connor? And look, Connor actually made it to a show live. Yeah, hey, it's, hi, Connor. We're on totally different time zones here, but we made it work. We made it work it's, this time. It's about I couldn't time miss this one. Actually showed up. I couldn't miss this one. We have a we have some huge uh, we ha- we have a huge one today. So I didn't I did not want to miss this one. Yeah, so we are at the uh, Scotch Malt Whiskey Society in Edinburgh, Scotland. In, um, it, it's called the library, right? Is this the room it's called? Um, it it's an amazing looking. Uh, it, this is the kind of library I think everybody that likes whiskey wants to have. Uh, and we're joined with Vaughn, uh, who we I met a few months ago in October. Yeah, uh, for those of you who follow the Instagram and TikTok pages, you probably recognize him from walking me through a tasting uh, when we were here last time, and we've stayed in contact. And when we were coming back, I reached out and said, "Hey, we should uh, we should do a show." And here you are. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you very much for having me, guys. It's uh, an honor and a pleasure. Um, why don't you just kind of start by you know letting the the listeners know just kind of like a little bit about you and kind of how you got into whiskey. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, my name is Ivan. Very nice to well see you again and <laughs> meet you guys. Um, so I've uh, started drinking whiskey. It's going to be probably about 10 years ago at this point. I'm originally from Trieste, which is a city in the northeastern part of Italy, very close to the border with Slovenia. Uh, and that's pretty much I worked in a pub over there, which had a very good selection of uh, beer and whiskey. Mm-hmm. And that's Birreria Bunker. So definitely check it out if you're in the, in the area. Um, so yeah, back in the day, usually like it's, uh, Italians weren't drinking that much whiskey. Mm-hmm. So it was mostly me and my old boss that were drinking all of it. <laughs> uh, he had a, he still has a great selection and, you know, I just got passionate more and more. Uh, we eventually made our way to Isla. It's obviously that's where you want to go if you like your smoky whiskeys. And um, that was back in 2013 for the first time. Uh, you know, I've been back a couple of times to Scotland after that to the point where I decided, well, it's a nice country. So I could very much see myself living there. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, three nice. years ago, I moved here and started working at the Bow Bar on Victoria Street, which is also a very good pub in town. And I've been working for this years now. Yeah, it's a, it's a really amazing thing. And, and you get to also travel around the country and get to sample different whiskeys and stuff, right? Yeah. Well, uh, literally just two days ago, I was down in Campbelltown with a couple of pals and, um, yeah, we've had quite a good time. We'll say just, just a little bit, right? Like, <laughs> just <not> like... <laughs> um, and so, you know, when, when I was here last time, obviously it was my first, you know, first exposure to the society. Um, what you guys do is really cool, and your knowledge of whiskey was just amazing. Like that was one of the really big things that that I was super impressed with. Um, your bottles are not marked with what distillery you get them from. It's literally, and I think that helps because it takes preconceived notions out. Like just like you know, you gave me stuff that I thought I was going to really like, and it wasn't. And I ended up finding out, hey, I actually really like Space Side, and I didn't ever really give Space Side a chance before. So. 
kind of walk us through a little bit about like the bottles, how you guys introduce them to people and like some kind of like the thought behind that. Yeah, of course. So, well, the base of everything is pretty much we do independently bottle whiskeys from all around the world. So we do buy the individual uh, casks from the distilleries and then we mature them for ourselves. Therefore, we kind of have control over the maturation. And that's pretty much where we have the most fun on kind of creating the mm-hmm. different flavors. Um, so what we do, as you said, we don't put the distillery names on the labels. Uh, we just let you know pretty much the uh, age of the whiskey, where it comes from as region. Age and region. Uh, yeah. And well, we do assign every whiskey we bottle a flavor profile. Mm-hmm. And again, this is pretty much to take away the prejudice that you might have towards certain distilleries uh, and mm-hmm. to keep pretty much like open your mind towards more about the flavor and not, and not the provenance and the names that you can see often on, on the labels. Yeah. It's kind of like right. always it's, doing a blind tasting in a way, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I always say yeah. it's pretty much what we do. It's like a massive blind tasting. It, and so when I was here last time, like the, you gave me one that was like uh double finished and it was darker and I was like, Oh, I like that. And it was the one I liked the least. Because my brain said, you're going to like it. And then I think it was a 21-year-old space I, that I had that I was just like, oh, my God. And then he he tricked me. He was like, I'm going to give you something. I think you're going to like it. And he's like, guess how old it is. And I was like, oh, 20 years, 15 years. And he was like, it's four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that totally tricked you. Yeah. Again, it's it's just a matter of really focusing on the, on the glass itself. Because everything we bottle is bottled pretty much straight from a cask. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do bottle mostly single casks or at least single kind of units of alcohol that's been maturing by itself. Uh, so all the bottles are obviously limited. Uh, we do not chill filter the whiskey. We do not color it and we do not dilute it as well. So it's all cask strength or foolproof. Um, and that's what pretty much makes it special. You know, it's uh, all the bottles are unique. So when they're gone, they're gone forever. Yeah. And it's, that's sad. Like you just made you really sad. They're gone. They're gone forever. So get over here and, and, and do it. Um, for those that are in America that may have not heard of the society, kind of, uh, kind of run them through like the, uh, the, the precipice of like this, the, the society, right? Like how do people join kind of, you know, are there different levels of, of membership, things like that? Yeah. Well, there's no different levels of membership, but, um, our history pretty much starts in the late seventies, early eighties when a gentleman called Pip Hills, uh, he had a, a sample at a friend's house from a, pretty much from a cask. And back in the day, it was no one was really bottling that kind of whiskeys because mostly it was blended whiskeys that were drunk around. Um, so when he tried that whiskey, it was just packed with flavor, just very good. Um, and he fell in love with it. So, well, as you do, he bought a cask for himself and a bunch of friends. And we all know that, you know, whiskey is a very kind of convivial drink. So, um, you know, those friends shared it with more friends mm-hmm. who shared it with more friends. Right. And this knowledge about this amazing whiskey, like anything else, just spread. Uh, to the point where he got kind of a lot of attention about it. And that's how he started the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, which to these days, you know, it's about, what, 45 years later and about uh, 30,000 members later. Uh, We're still doing pretty much the same. Um, And so, yeah, we are a members club, so you can uh, join from all around the world. We have all the different uh, kind of branches. I've got the American one, the um, Australian one, the Mm -hmm. Benelux, etc., um, and it is pretty much just like a big family of like-minded individuals. Yeah. The, the, the really interesting thing I, uh, that not many people know is, is you're not just tied to Scotland. I mean, it is all over, like it's, it started this thing all over the world and, and 
it's it's really interesting to kind of see because when we when I first came over, like how many people were just like, oh my god, you're going there, like can't believe that you're actually going to go visit that and like just kind of like the prestige that you guys have have established for yourself. How many visitors do you think you get like just at like here from other countries and things like that that kind of come through here? Well, well, it's it's quite hard to tell. I mean, I started very kind of say luckily slash unluckily, literally ten days before the first lockdown. So I didn't really have the chance to see how, you know, how everyone actually comes over to the society and just enjoys just visiting us. But I know that there's a lot of times that a lot of people just come over and, um, uh, and visit us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's the best, you know, every September we do the global gathering. So that's pretty much when, you know, we try to get as many members as possible from around the world to Edinburgh. And we just have Mm -hmm. uh, all the events and tastings and open the amazing bottles. And it's just lovely. Have you been doing more of that virtually now since COVID hit? Is is are you guys kind of moving towards like virtual tastings? Maybe that allows you to reach a larger audience of people in America who are part of your group but can't come over. Is that something you guys are doing more of? Well, yeah, obviously, you know, COVID pretty much pushed all the industry to go to go online, and um, we we did our part. So during the well, first and second lockdown, we've done quite a few virtual tastings, um, which were mostly for UK based members. Uh, but I know that all the other um, branches also did uh, quite a few virtual tastings. So yeah, you know, it's just like all the industry went virtual. So we we've gone as well. But now we are actually back on doing tastings in uh, in person. I'm actually hosting one in about an hour time, and I'm quite excited. There you go. I wish I was going to a tasting in an hour time. It's twelve forty five <laughs> in the afternoon here. I could already use yeah. some. <laughs> all right. It's only Thursday, Connor. You should be all right. You'll make it. Uh, hey, one more you know, day. Well, it's one more day here, right? Yeah, technically, it is definitely five o'clock here. Actually, <laughs> that's how, that's that's the mindset I I carry throughout each day of the week. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Wake up at eight a.m. Ah, it's five o'clock somewhere. I'm gonna have whiskey now. <laughs> yeah, but not that bad. But hey, once once twelve o'clock comes, once it changes from a.m. to p.m., all everything's fair. Everything's fair game in my head. But it's neither here nor there. That's my big conversation for a different time. So if you were an average person, right? Like say you you come to Edinburgh, you've heard about the Scotchmont Whiskey Society. Can you still visit? Yeah. So um, here at Queen Street. So, well, we do have a four official venues, which is uh, the Vaults in Leith. It's kind of our spiritual house. Uh, and that's where everything started. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have a venue in London, which was the second one to open. One here in Queen Street and one in Glasgow, which opened last year. Again, just before uh, lockdown, but it's now uh, absolutely up and running. Um, so here at Queen Street, we do have our members room, of course, but we also have the Kaleidoscope Bar, which is the ground floor bar, and that's a public bar. So everyone is welcome to come in and, and try all the society drums. Um, and we love to kind of in- introduce people to to the society. With, so is there like, and I, I know there's a difference probably like with like buying and like pricing and stuff, but like is there whiskey that you can't get in the public bar compared to the members area? Or is it kind of all the same? Well, the Kaleidosco bar is just a little bit smaller, so we can't fit all the 674 <laughs> bottles that we have in members room <laughs> down there. But uh, of course, if someone is very into, say, you know, a certain flavor that they really want to try, we are more than happy to just, you know, reach out on the on the high shelves of the members room and just uh, had, get them the drums. It's not a problem at all. Um, but then again, you know, everyone's just welcome to come down to the kaleidoscope. Now, obviously, as 
when it comes to the bottles itself, only members are allowed to buy the bottles. Right. And that's mostly done online, but we do sell bottles here in the venue as well. Um, but when it comes to, you know, drinking or whiskey and sharing it is, you know, sharing is caring. That's like a really right. cool thing I think that you guys do is that it, even though you're a society, you're a members-driven organization, you st- you don't exclude people. It, and that's like... and, and there's. That that's just so cool because there are so many whiskey centric type places that are membership driven that if you're not a member they don't care like right they're like buzz off and you guys are still inclusive mm-hmm. in that in that aspect and it's so awesome so you know like if you do visit Edinburgh this is some place I would highly recommend because there's going to be so many preconceived notions of whiskey that you can just kind of take and and shift with the bottles and everything and and not look plus your bottles are beautiful by the way. Like yeah, absolutely beautiful really bottles that are, that are there. The green tint I, uh, on there, like the flavor profiles, um, everything that you guys do, the presentation is all like five stars. So definitely, this is something that I would de- you know recommend if you're in the area, or even if you're you know somewhere where there's another. You have them in the U.S. too, right? Like yeah, New yeah. York. So as I said earlier, as for the um, official venues, there's just a four in the UK, uh, but we have quite a few partner bars around the world. So if you go on our website, you can find out all the partner bars we have. Uh, and there's quite a few. can't remember exactly how many, but uh, there's one in literally every corner of the world. So how long did it take for you to start to really get a grasp on all the different flavor profiles and regions and things like that. Cause you have a, I mean, like you just said, you had 650 bottles here and I didn't ask a question. You didn't know an answer to last time. So I'm just, and last time I checked, you didn't have like a robot listening in your ear telling you, feeding you the answers. So how did, like, how did you get all this knowledge? Like, and how does it, how do you like in like intake it all and then, you know, keep it and, and understand it? Well, do you want the diplomatic uh, answer or... I want the real answer. <laughs> the real answer. Yeah, well, no, we, we're not diplomatic here, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so, you know, being the fact that we do bottle everything that's very unique, we kind of... I know it's a tough job, but we have to try it. So oh, we do we do get to try, well, almost everything that comes in, obviously in very limited quantities, because again, we bottle everything at cask strength. But uh, yeah, trying is the only way to really kind of, you know, get to know all the different bottles. Of course, well, I was a member before actually starting to work here because, again, Mm -hmm. I just found it very interesting. Uh, So, you know, if you're not working here, you already start to kind of explore a little bit of the numbers. Because what we do is pretty much we put a code on the bottles of which the first number is a unique code for the distillery. And the second one is a cask that we've bottled from said distillery. Um, and well, you know, the list is kind of community property of sure. you know, which, which number is which distillery, but still we do not kind of promote that because we still want to kind of take away the prejudice, you know, uh, now the fact about, um, Trying them, it's again the only way to kind of understand all the different bottles because being a single cask, every cask develops in a different way. So, you know, you can get the same kind of cask filled with the same amount of spirit and matured for the same exact uh, period of time, and you will get different results from them. And that's mm-hmm. the most interesting part as well. And so, do you have like a, a book? It, just for your own like personal like education, do you have like a book where you take notes and tasting profiles and things like that? Or are you like that level of a whiskey nerd, or does it just come naturally? Yeah, I mean, I do definitely have my notebook where I've, I write down my my notes, etc. Um, I don't write about every single whiskey I try, uh, although I would love to, but sometimes you just don't have the time. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I do have definitely a notebook, and I like to keep track of of all the nerdy kind of facts as well. <laughs> 
Um, when you, so, so obviously, you know, you, you, you have all these, do you have your own like whiskey collection at home that you've kind of started to start to collect? Cause in the U S it's a big thing, right? Like, I mean, you, I mean, I have over 200 bottles, Connor, I don't know how many bottles you have. Um, I like, I don't know, 60 or 70. Yeah. So are you kind of going off in that realm as well? Yeah. I mean, my girlfriend is not very happy. About it, but yes, actually, <laughs> I do have my ski corner at home as well. I mean, it's still an Edinburgh flat, you know, so it's not, there's not a lot, a lot of space and my bottles take a fair amount a of, lot of space, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I do have my whiskey collection at home. Yeah. It's mostly open bottles because I just love to share them with yep. friends. Uh, I've got a few gems that I, you know, keep for a special occasion, but yeah. Absolutely. Do I would you, uh, imagine they got, you, they got to be like, those bottles got to be like tack deductible or something. I don't know. Like it's your, it's your job. You got to taste them. Right. So it's got to be something you could do with that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> do you, uh, have you dabbled in bourbon or anything? I love bourbon. Um, I mean, I love American whiskey. We've been bottling, um, a few rye whiskeys and a few bourbons lately as well. Um, and I do love to explore them. I've got quite a few friends over in the US and they always send me the pictures of the bourbons they're drinking. I'm quite jealous. So yeah, <laughs> uh, one of the bucket list trips is definitely down to Kentucky. Uh, so, uh, so is the Scotchmont Whiskey Society like starting to like dabble in like rise in bourbons as well for like some of their other, I don't know about here, but you know, around the world, like to start to include that as well. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure about around the world, but we have released, I think a good, like five or six different rye whiskeys. Um, and at least three have seen bourbons, uh, in the last year. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, we are definitely, we definitely have the stock because well, otherwise probably we wouldn't be bottling them. Right. Um, and mm. they are amazing because we still keep the same philosophy. So it's all kind of single cask, mm -hmm. cask strength, uh, no coloring. And it's just, you know, the way you want to drink the spirit really. So from like the relationship, I mean, you don't have to get into anything like too technical or secretive, but like from the relationship with the distilleries, right? Like obviously they're giving you something, their, their name's not going on it. What is that like for, from like that side, as much as you can share, like why, like what's in it for them to like, obviously they're selling cash, but some people are really stingy about it. Even they, you know, about, Hey, I'll give you this, but they're not getting credit for it. Like, has, how does that relationship kind of work? Um, very honestly, I don't know because that is pretty much what our spirits team do. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they keep the relationships with the bot, with the, with the distilleries and they buy all the different casks. Uh, therefore I don't have that information, but for how I see it, like if I would own a distillery, it would be kind of an honor to be bottled by the society because right. it's, you know, such an established in independent. So the history behind everything that you guys bring to the table is phenomenal. Yeah, it's again, you know, we started bottling single cask whiskeys when no one really was doing that. So that's pretty much where, you know, all the kind of exclusiveness started. And again, you know, so many years later, we're still doing the exact same thing. What, what's like something that, that, what's your favorite part about working here? Obviously, you like doing tastings, you get to travel around. Like, is it basically that kind of aspect or is there something like really specific that's like, I can't believe I work and I get paid to do this? Well, yes, of course, you know, hosting the tastings is probably my favorite part. Uh, but I've been working behind the bar for about over 10 years at mm -hmm. this point. Uh, and I consider myself, you know, a hospitality uh, guy. Uh, I've always loved bartending and this is what I still enjoy to this day. Um, but yeah, you know, getting more into the actual knowledge of whiskey, trying all the different stuff and just sharing it with people is probably my favorite part about it. 
Is there um, any plans and like for the for the future of Scotch Malt Whiskey Society? I know you guys are buying casks privately. Is is there any you know plans in the future to like start producing your own distillate and maybe investing in something where you know you guys are making product in house? Um, has that ever been discussed? Uh, not that I know of. I mean, there might be, but I am not sure. Uh, again, this is, you know, I am but a bartender. So, uh, it's, it's still, um, we don't, yeah. uh, we don't know everything. But, uh, for my knowledge, I think that we will be more focused on the actual maturation, uh, of the stock instead of the actual creation. Cause obviously, you know, uh, distillers are good at making spirits. So, um, you know, we will just leave it to them, uh, and we will have fun maturing the whiskey. Uh, we are actually starting a very interesting program with different oaks. Um, and, you know, just put a lot of effort into good casks that will develop fantastic flavors. That's, it's really interesting, interesting how, how all that like kind of plays in. And, and I think it just goes to show it's like one more thing because in the U.S., right? There's some people that are, that would consider this like, Oh, you don't produce anything. And it's, it's, it's still all your aging stuff. You're still creating flavor profiles. You're still making unique whiskey. Like you can't, it, 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 it I don't know. I'll go off on a tangent about that kind of stuff, yeah. but like that's, it's, it's so cool how you guys are bringing in like all these types of flavors and then putting them in different casts and then aging them and creating these flavor profiles and then educating people on top of that. Like, this is what this is. And you're going to taste these things and then bringing all that to the table. I, I think it's something that is, is in the bourbon world. We probably don't have, I don't think we have anything like that exclusively where you get that kind of experience from a, without having any kind of preconceived notions outside of like a blind tasting, right? Like you get a blind tasting, you get that, but I can't think of anything about uh, like this in the U.S. Can you, Connor? Especially around bourbon. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The MGP has kind of like that that stigma because you you don't no. really know unless you're into you know whiskey, whiskey or uh, bourbon or rye. If you're drinking MGP, a ton of good MGP. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's it is good stuff. So it's like it's it's kind of like that, but it, this is a totally different realm. Uh, um. So you guys, when you guys get the single cast, so you're getting a cast, are you blending them or are you just taking the cast that you select at the distillery and then aging it and releasing it that way? Or do you guys like blend different casts, create those profiles? So we do a very little amount of, uh, of blending. Uh, we do release every now and then certain blended molds. So we never have ventured into blended whiskey, but um, we've done a few blended molds. So still small batch. So we are not talking millions of bottles. We're still talking, you know, uh, maybe a few thousand at max. But yes, like say 99.5% of what we do is either single casks as such or, you know, uh, an extra maturation program where you get, you know, your cask and you then um, put it in a different cask just to develop more flavors and actually mature it a little bit longer. The, like that double the, barrel that you had, Paul, that was dark. Yeah, it was, it was. Cause I was like, I was super excited about it. It was the one I liked the least. Either like, hey, this looks like bourbon. Yeah, <laughs> was it still good though? It was good. <laughs> but like the, the, I, if I look at like the lineup again, like the pictures, I know it was a 21 year old space side and I could not believe how good it was. Cause I had never really had space sides before. And now I'm like looking for space sides when I'm like thinking about it because it changed my whole life. Oh, of course. I mean, there's a reason why it's quite very popular, uh, you know, and especially I, for what I remember, you had a fairly old one that's mm-hmm. been matured in a refill cask. So cask has been used a few times. Therefore, it still showcases the spirit in its best way. And that's pretty much what I love 
about old, like, you know, long maturation and in used casks. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a really cool experience for you, right? Like you, you get to deal with people every day and, and you kind of get to take preconceived notions and, and like tear down preconceived notions and, and introduce people to, to, to new things. How often do you think just from your experience with people that you, you were, you kind of have, uh, interactions with? Do you kind of do they say I like this, and then you kind of introduce them to a whole new world that they weren't expecting? Yes, it happens. I mean, sometimes it's not very easy to take away that kind of grasp that people have on actual distilleries. Mm-hmm. So a lot of peep time, you know, just people walk in and go like, "Do you have I don't know you in Dalwini, uh, Aberlauer? Do you have the actual distilleries?" And sometimes it's just fun to go like, I don't have those distilleries, but I can give you something similar. Um, but um, yes, it's a lot of times that people just come in and go like, right, I would like something in this kind of, you know, um, flavor kind of style. Uh, or, you know, they, a lot of people like their beaded whiskeys mm-hmm. in a sherry cask and that kind of stuff. So if they tell us what they won't we will try to find something interesting for them because then again you know we have an ever-changing again 600 plus uh, collection here at queen street um and it's just i mean we know it we know it so we always like when people you know trust us with with the choice and and i can vouch for like that piece because you did ask me like what are some of the things and i was just like here it is and you kind of were like and i just said just do surprise me and it was like so incredibly spot on on how I, and, but, and like what I like about what you did, you like ask questions because you know I'm going to give the wrong answer. And then you're just like surprised it's something else, which is so like that. And I like that because it's, it, it shows that you don't necessarily have to have a preconceived notion of whiskey or anything. So um, right. I'm really excited. And, and your job is really cool. And uh, absolutely well. Thank I'm you. super jealous. Okay. So we got cut off. Um, Connor got kicked. Welcome to technology. Right? We're talking about how it is nice to, it is to stay in contact with technology and then <laughs> technology throws it off. It, yeah. yeah. Um, so you're kind of going through where you can, everyone can kind of follow you and stuff and, and maybe get to know you as well. Yeah, of course. I mean, my personal, again, personal Instagram is drum chaser. Um, and I'm Ivan Rauber again. Um, so yeah, uh, this is just my personal adventures when it comes to my whiskey drinking around the world, actually, because, you know, I just post of about all my uh, little trips and where I go and what I drink. Uh, so yeah, feel free to give us a, give us a follow. Uh, it would be lovely to, you know, be in touch with, with everyone. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Uh, this was uh, fantastic. And remember, Bourbon with Friends could change the world. That's it for this episode of Bourbon with Friends. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, leave us a review to make it easier for others to find the show. You can also check us out on Instagram at BWF Podcast. Thanks for listening.